minute a lad had asked him for a ticket, he'd go into the book. He could have 50, 60, 70 requests. They would look the man, he'd end and he kind of went through the list of who deserved them the most. <laughs> there could be a lot of lads texting. OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You're welcome along to OTBAM to Nathan Collins. I think he got a bit of luck. He turned left and the ball kind of he kind of deflected into his way and he, he then his only option really was to do the outside the foot and he's a good enough footballer uh, to do that. And I thought his interview in RT afterwards was really endearing where he's just like I like to enjoy myself in the football pitch. Yeah. I, 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 I like I that. that. Yeah. Tony O'Donoghue who tried to get him to describe the goal multiple times. Three times in yeah. a row. And it, I think I, the one thing we can say about the goal is that it was certainly instinctive because Nathan Collins didn't really know what the hell happened until he watched the whole thing back. Yeah, I, I that's got a good that, thing. I got that impression and uh, I don't know though his, his, his control on the ball and I think his sheer physicality as well. I think, like, he won so many headers. I mean, lo- a lot of echoes of Paul McGrath. But his composure on the ball, and I don't know if it's a physical thing with him where he's just able to sort of dominate players, even Yarmolenko at times. Um, so that was Nathan Collins. I mean, it was a great night in many ways, I think, uh, or certainly a very good night. But Nathan Collins, I mean, and you're thinking of, like, all of the young players that were playing and were not playing last night. I mean, and all of the under-21 players who didn't um, play for the under-21s who nearly topped their group. Um, and all this noise about the management like over the last week is just like so tiresome. And I know we've a show to fill and we're going to probably talk about it as well. But like, come on, look, look at the positives here and look at the bigger picture. I don't think it's hard to look for the positives this morning, Colm. No, not at all. What a difference a week makes. Seven days a long time in politics. Like, I was saying there beforehand, if the results were reversed, so had we won the first two games of this four-game period and lost the second two, then the narrative this morning would be like, oh, you know, it's, it's not good enough, it's not consistent enough. But now the mood is so much better, and I was reading the comments online, like fascinated by the comments overnight to see what the general reaction to it was. And it's, I would say it's about 75% positivity. I think there are a lot of people who have made up their mind about Stephen Kenny. And a few people, you know... Uh, state their case and make their arguments about why they don't believe in the Kenny regime but the the positivity is undeniable since that Scotland game like the the performance in Dublin was absolutely brilliant I was at that match it was like as if the previous two games never happened and last night it was just so impressed and it was our own Nathan tweeted and I think he summed it up very well when he said um, for the first time in a long time in an Ireland game we're not talking about an existential crisis we're just talking about a very good display against uh, an impressive international side and we fit into that category last night. Uh, Yeah, I think we don't want to talk about an existential crisis but the fact of the matter is that an existential crisis conversation was happening five days ago and I think you're you're bang on that like if these two results were the other way around Mm. the the, the lingering feeling would have been the crisis talk or whatever and that's just totally ridiculous it's, it's totally ridiculous the results could have been exactly the same the performances could have been exactly the same but the, the mood music would have changed like there was talk uh, like the, there was reports last Friday that if Ireland's results didn't improve Stephen Kenny's reign and I quote would have come to a juddering halt yeah, like I mean, I mean Ireland so could have lost that game last night had that left winger just been a little bit more clinical yeah. are we all of a sudden saying that this path is the wrong one and well, that it would the, have been the, un- the pro- as unlucky had we lost last night wouldn't it surely yeah, it, it would have been but it's, 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 it's about moments as well like I, t- I slightly disagree I don't think we were brilliant against 
Scotland. I thought Scotland really? were very poor. I thought, we, I thought we were better in the first half last night than against yeah, Scotland. Yeah, that, that was needed, very good. We needed to be better. Yeah, against, Scotland were poor. But against we Scotland, did. like some of our past and other better teams would have just scored against us. But against Ukraine at home, we should have gotten a penalty at nil all. And then that changes everything. Against Armenia, if we did score in the first half, I think we'd win that game comfortably. And then the, the, in the heat, um, we got frustrated. And that was a poor that was a poor performance, in fairness. But I didn't think the Ukraine game, I agree with Kevin Doyle on RT last night, I didn't think the Ukraine performance was as bad as some people made it out. And a lot was said it was their second team, but it was still, you could tell they're a good side. Like, they're a good side. And we have so many players that were still sort of, we even last night we have two wing-backs, were clearly not wing-backs at all, and both were caught out at times. McLean for the goal, and um, Brown uh, uh, in the first half on a couple of occasions. I mean, Hogan was absolutely being carried up front. Like, yeah. we'd basically 10 players and a player who was probably out of his depth. And you saw this at, at other times during the campaign. But then you're thinking of, like, imagine Obafemi on the pitch last night, but he could have done. And this is, he's only, as, as Dave Kelly said in the paper today, he's, he's an overnight sensation after four years. But, like, Obafemi would have caused Ukraine lots of problems because they looked like they needed somebody to stretch them. And, like, just moments. And you're watching that game last night. You're like, I really enjoyed that game. I really enjoyed right. the game on Saturday. I hadn't enjoyed Ireland for the guts of 20 years. Yeah. But it's, you know, so it's like, I'm enjoying watching them again. And it's the possibility of the youth that we have. And the fact that they're clearly buying into Stephen Kenny and I don't really care what anyone else says as long as the players are buying into them. And, and it's the, the reasons why uh, we're enjoying the game. Well, the reason why I'm enjoying the game isn't so much, isn't solely down to Nathan Collins scoring a wonder goal or Michael Obafemi and Troy Parrott linking up beautifully on Saturday. It's also on Saturday, Scott Hogan closing down um, Gordon, uh, Craig Gordon and everybody around him just like uh, applauding what he had done. It's uh, the, the game heating up last night, the Yarmolenko yeah, kicking out of the Ireland player, but the, the Ireland player is giving it back to him. Like that old sense of like aggression and the sort of temperature ratcheting up in a, in a tight one-all, which mm. I really enjoyed last night. Oh, that, totally. That I think was actually absent previously. It's not. It wasn't just the absence of flair and great goals by centre-backs that are going to go maybe potentially to, to, to quite a high level in the game, but mm. it's also kind of like the, the basic elements of characteristics that you look for in footballers that I think were absent, and I think that collectively we're all enjoying a lot more than we were because they're more present right now than they were and the, like, honestly like I think Bazuna saves the goal against um, Ukraine being honest and maybe I'm wrong um, I, and again a lot of the narrative is Kenny Kenny called that a fluke maybe it was a fluke maybe it wasn't but he's it's almost like he's been admonished for putting a positive spin on things which I think is so much of a contrast to all Irish managers and fair enough you can argue with some of the things he says but with Bazuna would have saved that we're missing Obama Medele we're missing um, the heart of our defence last night Duffy Egan Coleman Duffy all Egan absent. Coleman all absent we're missing an outstanding right wing back um, we're playing a guy left wing back that isn't really um, a defender um, then we're missing Ida and Obafemi up front, and we were very good. We were very good. Like we're and and it, I was talking about the 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 core of this team going forward with Bazuna in goal and three centre backs. I think I said that before I'd even seen Nathan Collins play for Ireland. And I mean, the narrative has totally changed now because this man is going to be a colossus. Like that performance was outrageous. It was so it was practically flawless. And the goal was the goal, but everything else about it. And he just has this like belief in himself that I think Kenny is inculcating in young players. You can do this. Don't be afraid to be Irish. Don't be afraid because you're Irish to take on three players as a centre back and hit the ball with your outside of your foot yeah. into the bottom corner. Don't be afraid to do that because we've been afraid for too long. We've been afraid where midfielders wouldn't even cross the half. Line, not to mind a centre back. It actually statistically was nearly flawless. 
Nathan Collins mm. performance. Our own Jack Keegan has compiled. <laughs> well, how are lads giving him nine, nine out of ten? Nine, it was clearly 2% ten. percent pass completion rate. Three out of three dribbles completed. Three headed clearances. Nine recoveries. Four out of five aerial duels won. So there's your not flawless. Four out of five yeah. only. And ninety-two percent. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I love that interview afterwards. It was like the Will Ferrell old school moment where, like, sorry, I just blacked out there. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> I just picked up the ball. Next thing I know, I'm scoring an absolute world class goal. Has the centre half scored a better goal? I mean, I put it to Phil Egan this morning. He was like, I mean, surely there's been some centre-half who has run the entire length of the pitch at the elite level of the game. Oh, well, good. Right, Van Dijk scored a great goal uh, Vincent, Co- Vincent Company against Leicester City. Yeah, to win the, but the that's Premier. kind of the Abafemi mould of great yeah, goals. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Well, you, you mean the specific... great goals in different ways yeah. since Saturday. Uh, like, I mean, the, the thing about it is that we will obviously rush to kind of like say, look at the, the other great centre central defenders in the world at the moment and it may well be it probably will be hyperbole to say that Nathan Collins can get to the very very top level however the characteristics that seem to exist in some of the top defenders in the world right now for example Virgil van Dijk it seems that there is a little bit of that in Nathan Collins just because of the, by virtue of the fact that he is a big man and he has this ability to nudge somebody off the ball in brutal fashion while it looking unbelievably graceful and by extension not giving away fouls being able to kind of shepherd opponents away from the ball uh, in a way that Van Dijk does I'm not saying that he's going to get to that level at all but it's just I think that's what's getting people very excited this morning as well is that he's showing those same characteristics that are very on vogue for the top central defenders at the moment he's he's 6'4 like and he's not long turn 21 and uh, you you saw even in the second half when Kelleher played it out to him and there was again moments from the game on Saturday where we're playing it out to Duffy who's just not good on the ball and he's going to give the ball away Duffy's position for me now you're looking at it and you're like I mean, he's our talisman. He's really good going forward. But like Nathan Collins can never not play for Ireland again. Well, you see, he can do, he can yeah. score the Duffy goal as well. Is a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, he's capable. Yeah. Actually, not to put you on the spot now, but I was thinking about this. If everyone's fit, what's your starting back five? Um, With the wing backs, is I, I love him, Obamendi. Like yeah. so, if you know, and again, he has to come back in now and get over his injury. Um, but would you have Egan back in alongside oh, Collins? I'd probably have Darrow O'Shea or Mandele yeah. and and Collins to be honest yeah. I, I Duffy just for me he's he's brilliant like from set pieces um, but he gives the ball away so much that I do think it's a problem I'd probably be mocked for that now like, I think Duffy still makes a lot of mistakes with the ball at his feet and that does cost us so then you're you're only as strong as your weakest link in terms of passing the ball out from the back yeah. um, and the other two are Wing pretty backs. comfortable. Collins is, is just looks like he has essentially everything. And as I was saying there, like when Kelleher played the ball out to him in the second half, and he was there wasn't really a pass on. He just moved back, did a quick turnaround, yeah. gave it back to Kelleher. Problem solved. That's grand. We're still in possession. The wing back position is clearly Doherty and left wing back Stevens. Yeah, I I don't know, like. I think McLean. Like yeah, in fairness to him, he's well, he's, he's like, not he's not. He's not flawless at the back. Neither is Stevens. Now no. Stevens isn't isn't the best defender in the world either. But, but I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's the one position that we, we you know I, I think we could have a better left wing back because in fairness, McLean he's not a defender. We're getting away with it a bit. But do we need do we need a defender in that position? Given you've got three very mobile, athletic, uh, very talented centre backs in, in your future back three there with Oma Bamadeli, Darrow O'Shea, and of course Nathan Collins. They're all right footed as well, though. But that's so the it's problem. Yeah, like, so you're looking you're looking for a left footer there at yeah, some stage. Yeah, I I don't I still think against good teams you get caught out in with three at the back in wing positions. They're going to target you. They targeted Brown and they should have scored. Yeah, they, and they didn't really target McLean. McLean Lengo, yeah. did quite a lot wrong about that goal. His position wasn't great but Yarmolenko 
totally overplayed the ball. So like he gave us an out, and then McLean just wasn't able. He just wasn't able to defend as a defender should, and mm. basically sh- shepherded him to a position where you can argue then that the two lads, the two centre backs, were. Well, Collins was at fault. Were a little bit asleep, himself, but, you know. I mean, these things are happening so fast. I mean, what are you supposed to do? There were three over two ah, yeah, totally. in any event. But the, the, the wing backs will in good games. They will ca- catch you out when you've basically wingers playing there. In my view, I think McLean ex- uh, anticipated cutting back on the left foot for Yarmolenko, yeah. just like McLean would do in that position himself. Yeah. So he's probably thinking from the attacker's point of view. I thought he did quite well. But you do need a wing-back who can defend in some way because, as Johnny said, like the right-wing opposition would just destroy us. Like, mm. you know, it, like, I mean, it was... right-wing opposition. The, so, <laughs> uh, We've had plenty of that in the Irish press in the last few days. There's been, like, obviously some suggestion that maybe we could potentially uh, have... We could see, like, someone like Chidoze Ogbeni played as a, as a right-wing yeah. back at some point in the future. It's the same problem. Like, it's, r- it, many right options. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's it, obviously. But you see, Ogbeni, for example, playing right-wing back in the Armenia game away might have made more sense. When you're playing a team that's essentially are parking the bus to a large degree... Um, you can obviously take more chances, but you know I still I still think the heat was underplayed uh, in terms of the Armenia performance. I think it's very difficult for Irish players to play in heat like that uh, over ninety minutes, and they kind of flattened out in the second half. And then I mean I'm sorry, but Callum Robinson, who again isn't really up to this level in my view, like he should be. He sh- we should have a penalty in the first half, and I mean we should. We it's a lot of what about her here, but like let's not overreact to everything and. I, I don't think we were amazing in, in in either of the last two games. I don't think we were amazing, but it was. It's been very positive window, I think, all in all, in terms of the future. Like, let's look at the future here, and let's look at Kenny trying to bring a massive sea change in the way we approach football as a nation, as in, genuinely as a nation, um, and even the Irish under twenty ones. Crawford, like said before the 21s game, yes, we believe we can beat Italy. He said after the game, I would have bitten your hand off for a second place before the group started. Yeah. So he's not getting called out for changing the narrative. Like, so let's, let's, like, let's laud positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do think like the one metric, and it's an intangible that you, you have to look at is, are Ireland making progress? And maybe a secondary point is how quick is that progress happening? Is it happening quick enough? And I think especially given the age of some of the players who have started to shine recently for Ireland, you'd have to say that the progress is happening. And like just a couple of uh, comments coming in, like just um, like your point on, on the heat. Uh, Shifty lads says, morning lads in Armenia, the temperature was very high and having to play in that would have been very tough. I think our passing is getting better and not side to side for the sake of it. I think that's spot on. And then can and, and, and some, some longer balls as well from which are totally, totally warranted if you've any pace up top because we need to mix it up a bit and we are mixing up. And Kelleher is like unafraid to mm. do that as well. It's not just constantly out to the, the centre-back. Sorry, if you have Duffy in your team, it just creates wobbles because you, you're, you can't trust him on the ball. It's simple as that. And we saw like he was very, very poor Saturday. But I'd be very interested to see what happens when... Stephen well, Kenny does have a full deck. Mm. I mean, for the back three is fascinating. Yeah. Though, like really, truly, it is. But would you not? Uh, would you dismiss the notion that Duffy is, is too much of an attacking threat? At set pieces, yeah, it's it's it's, and he's he's a brilliant leader as well, and I think everyone loves him. Like, um, it's just he's not Nathan Collins, and he never will be. I mean, Nathan Collins is going to be one of the best Irish players of all time. You have raised him that high before yesterday. You're going to that level. He's going to become one of the best. You can't at that age with that experience. Would you you have thought that? Forms like that. Forget about the goal. He was flawless. Like twenty four hours ago, if we had asked you that, would you have said the same about? I I have to. I actually haven't seen enough of him, and even in this window, like, um. You know, I, I watched one of the games, the Blasket Islands. Like, I'd love to have been at the games. I couldn't. I was away on holidays. So, but last Clark. night, sorry, like, and I'm, I'm, I mean, you can't. He was produce, in Cork. All right. You can't, what's that? He was in Cork. I was in Cork holidays, as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can't produce forms like that. Like, this is a good Ukrainian team. 
and he was just immense. He was ten out of ten. Uh, well, sorry, he was nine point two out of ten on passing accuracy. Let's not. Yeah, let's the Jack Egan was very harsh. Let's get our yeah, very like, Let's let's put it to the listeners, like and viewers. Like, is Nathan Collins going to be one of the great Irish greats? Absolutely. I mean. Ugh, well, are we getting carried away now? This yeah, reminds get, me of Aaron I Connolly talks. Remember Aaron Connolly after the Spurs performance for Brighton in, in 2019? Yeah. Like, we, yeah. Found our, we found our Robbie Keane. I do think it's possible to absolutely compare some of his attributes with some of the greats in the game. Obviously, the future is impossible to predict, but I, I applaud your, your... Like, we will absolutely clip this if he does go to the top of the game, you know? Yeah, but you'll clip it if he doesn't as well, because yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, injuries can derail players and so much can go wrong. And like we've seen... You know, Paul McGrath like was was a great player with horrible, horrible knees. Like, so we hope mm-hmm. that you know. But phys- I, I just, I can't see like that performance for me is it's it's one of these seminal moments in your sporting life where you're watching something and you're like, Jesus, to, to did be, that just happen? To be fair, you, like you're not on your own there. Like, I mean, just like Irish Times is in front of me here. Gavin Comiskey's opening paragraph is the future is now. Mark the date. June 14th, 2022. That's the night Nathan Collins entered the collective consciousness of Irish sport. So like, that is the general feeling uh, around him. Uh, yeah. In Bad We Trust there in the comments on YouTube has said that David Louise used to score like a collection of classics. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. But yeah. um, to answer that, Philip Quinn has written that it is Nathan Collins' first ever goal for Ireland. So has there been a better debut goal at international no, level? Geez, I'm, really, I'm really trying to find the moment as that uh, nothing can touch this goal. Had, had, had Michael Obafemi scored? Before his screamer, had he not? Well, no. okay. Well, uh, let's say okay. I'll tailor that. Sure I'll tailor that comment. Not Best ever first goal scored by a defender. Okay. <laughs> the parameters yeah. are narrowing, and I can uh, assur- search is <laughs> can assuredly say the answer to your question is no. Though, uh, no Irish defender has scored a better goal on their I'm sorry, de- no, but the first you know, goal. The, you know the little flick at the end that when he skins the last defender, it, it almost felt like he meant it to hit his tie or knee. Yeah, he, it, it, he it, it looked so deliberate. I yeah. mean, obviously didn't, but it yeah. looked so deliberate. But the finish. When he saw from behind the goal on the replay, I mean, the curl on it was just so beautiful. So, but before that, if if, my, if memory serves me well, he was involved in a very good bit of play. Um, and I can't remember what it was, but he then wins the ball so high up the pitch. So his, his endorphins are high at the moment. He's full yeah. of confidence. And then I think if you, if you play the, if you play sport and you're, everything's kind of going well for you in a game and then you do like a move like that, and you kind of fluke a position somewhat where you're in a, a one-on-one. You're you're so high, I think, confidence-wise at that stage where you can do the outside the foot. And by the way, the outside the foot was basically the only logical option available to him at that time because it was the clear uh, shot at goal. But we just don't yeah. see that from centre-backs. And he made it look so easy. I'm just like... Wow, I mean, have you been doing this all your career in training or what? Or is this just a, a once-in-a-lifetime event? But it wasn't the goal for me. It was everything else, really. Like, if the goal never happened, I'd be raving about Collins. And, and I think that's like that's almost more interesting. I think the goal is... OK, the goal is all Nathan Collins, don't get me wrong here. But I'm not sure the goal happens unless we're playing three at the back. Because no, with, the, with, absolutely with that, not. You know, he absolutely can just take that not. risk. He, he can, he can he, pop into midfield. He can, he can take the gamble. Like he, like it, he, it looks like he could see what was going to happen before it happened, and that's I think is, is potentially part of the reason why you're so excited. And, and but he, he wouldn't be able to make the decision to act on what he predicted if there was only one centre back beside. And he certainly wouldn't be able to play do that if, if Stephen Kenny weren't a manager because there's no way you'd have a centre back that high up the pitch. Simple as like, and the three at the back. Kenny's spoken about the fluidity of different systems, and like you get bogged down in three, two, four, one, three, blah, blah. blah Blah, blah, blah. But like the, the fluidity of a three at the back is that you can do something like that. You can be a little bit aggressive, particularly if one of your three at the back can play football. And Nathan Collins clearly can. And Duffy, like, probably can't very much. So like, it's going to be a big dilemma going forward. I would have been very interested to hear what the conversation would have been the morning after the Serbia game. 
last year had Oma Bamadeli scored that mm. screamer that uh, was a brilliant save by the Serbian keeper wasn't it and, yeah. I, and I think that we yeah. would have been very excited in a similar way and you know what oh, he was outstanding that? that night as well like. before we go to Nathan I just wanted to ask you it sounds like you weren't too unimpressed by the first Ukraine game in Dublin would that be fair? I, I didn't think we like we weren't great, but we hit the bar and we should have been one nil up from a penalty. So like I think a lot of the narrative was always oh, Ukraine's second team. Watch the game though; they're a good side. Like they're a good side, and we were. A lot of our players are coming off long seasons. A lot of them like aren't necessarily even playing at club level. A lot of them are bit part players. We've square pins and round holes. I thought it was bad, but it was more so the fact that it followed the Armenia game, which I, I think they're extenuating circumstances. I think Scotland were terrible against us. Like I, I, and, and, and We still had to do it. I mean, like, the, the, goals, to, like the, the goals, the second goal particularly, the build-up play for that. So even the, the quality of three of, our, the three, of, three of our last four yeah. goals. Sorry, our last three goals. Yeah. Like, they're three of the best goals Ireland have probably scored in 20 years, basically. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. So we're actually... Is it is it not nice that we're enjoyable to watch as well again? Like we, we we were horrible to watch. There were fifty thousand at the game. On, it is, but it would be accused now of hyperbole and getting carried away with things. Like <laughs> where, where are we now? Where, where are you possibly getting the hyperbole accusation from? I, I, I can't <laughs> but like, the Obafemi pass for um, the Parrot goal was. That's why you watch football. Like that's why you. Watch. I didn't think no. Obafemi had that in him. Obafemi had that in him. Obviously, he does. That was the greatest moment of beauty of the whole like. Four games. Johnny, you've had the greatest night of your life by the sounds of things. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to knock positivity here this morning. I'm going to bring Nathan Murphy in, though. I'm not sure where, where, <laughs> the, where right. Nathan Collins is in uh, in terms of uh, your future Irish prospect. From Nathan thermometer. Collins to Nathan Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 hearing it all here in studio this morning, Nathan. That this guy could. Uh, what, what, what's your exact take, Johnny? Best Irish player ever, possibly. I would say Nathan that he's going to be an Irish great, like essentially, like. Barn, barn, things going wrong injury wise or whatever. Like, how how could he not be after doing that at twenty one years of age? I think Johnny, uh, you have a temptation to get carried away at times, and I've definitely felt since the start of the Stephen Kenny reign that you've uh, maybe overegged how brilliant some of these players are going to be. But I think you're dead right with Nathan Collins because I think he's already started to do it. Whereas a lot of those young players, like we have no control over what their club futures are mm. and whether they'll play enough matches and how that will impact their development with Ireland. But Nathan Collins has already half, had half a season in the Premier League where he's been exceptional. And now it's just a matter of where he goes next. It may well be Burnley because obviously me and Tarkowski have both left. So Burnley may think, well, this guy will get us back up to the Premier League next season and it's worth, uh, worth sticking with him. And also they spent 15 million on him, which means... He's worth at least double that now. Uh, so, you know, is, is the team going to go straight out and spend that? I think they should. But yeah, he, he's going to be the middle of that back three, you would have to think now, for the foreseeable future, regardless of what happens with Shane Duffy. Though he is an option on either side. So, uh, I'm with Johnny. Like The goal was obviously of the absolute highest quality and to have that composure to finish with the outside of the right boot. But it was the rest of his game throughout the four matches. Remember, that happened after starting all four games, one of the few players who have started all four games and to be able to step in at the right time, which is what all modern centre halves do to, if you want to press high, you know, your centre halves are going to have to take those risks as well and just keep recycling the ball at the pace that he has, that he's shown throughout the three or four matches, uh, his timing in the tackle, his anticipation. Yeah. He looks like an, an absolute superstar. And I think the fact that he has done it in the premier league and he is, played really well in a struggling side over the past few months of the season shows that he is somebody we should get unbelievably excited about. 
like I mean, it's not exactly the the greatest nomination in the, in the world, but for an Irish player to be nominated for Premier League Player of the Month at, at his age probably shows in a struggling side, as you say, that that there's clearly been some suggestion that that, that he is standing out already at the, the level that he's played with at the club. But what might be kind of maybe a fairer question, Nathan, is comparing Nathan Collins to his current Irish teammates. Like, like is he? the one at this point who you would have ahead of everybody else in terms of potentially reaching a, the highest point in their career. If you're looking around at, say, there was obviously huge hype around Troy Parrott at the start of his career, could, could still yet happen for him at, at any level, and a number of other players. Do you think that the, the hype is realist about uh, Collins when you compare him to the Ireland um, youngsters? Again, I think he's done it already. Yeah. He has played a good chunk of games, whereas Troy Parrott... Listen, it's developing and you know, did really well over the few games. And again, last night, while he missed the golden opportunity, his movement was brilliant, makes the odd bad decision. Uh, but like, it was all hype with Troy Parrott because of what had happened in preseason with Tottenham and the expectation that maybe he could go on and become the backup to Harry Kane. Nathan Collins has had a good run of, what, 10, 15 Premier League matches and not looked out of place at all. So, yeah, I think right now you have to say he has the highest ceiling uh, because he's been there, he's done it. Andrew Robadelli obviously looked exceptional at times, but injuries have curtailed his season. You know, maybe Adam Ida finally kicks on next season and gets gets a good run of games. But we have had a lot of false starts. Michael Obafemi amongst them. Think of Michael Obafemi scoring that goal for Southampton against Manchester United. Think of Aaron Connolly scoring that brace for Tottenham or against, for Brighton against Tottenham. Like both of those moments, you're thinking these guys are going to lead our front line for the next ten years. There's no way they can't. Mm. Uh, but football can turn when you're a young player very quickly. And like, there's no guarantees with Nathan Collins. Uh, what is the move to the Premier League? You want to get a move where you're playing. So maybe you do another season actually with Burnley and play every single match. And then you're ready for a move to a top six, top eight team. Play under Vincent Company for a season? Right now. Well, exactly. Uh, it hasn't done Josh Cullen any harm. I, uh, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen with Burnley, I'd say, because they've lost their two senior center halves. I think Kevin Long and Nathan Collins are pretty much the only centre-halves they have left. But they may just think, actually, if we can get 30, 35 million just been relegated, they haven't got anything for me or Tarkowski, you know, let's go and take that. But it's, oh, it's exciting. Jesus, exciting to watch. I, I saw him over at the Etihad. I went over with the kids to watch Man City Burnley in October, and he started that day. And, you know, City obviously don't play with a striker. Uh, and I think Phil Foden played as the false nine. And even though they ended up losing 2-0 and he made, he made one mistake towards the end, a sort of mistake you kind of expect from a, a young player where he just switched off for a moment. I kind of wondered that day how he'd get on where he didn't have anyone to mark. Like They were all just dropping deep constantly. There was this brilliant movement from the city front three. And he looked like one of the best players in the pitch. Every time he got in the ball, again, the quality of his passing, he's a proper modern centre half. Even at, was he, six foot four, he's a really good passer. He's got the pace. He obviously has the confidence as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a night I think we'll be talking about for quite a few years with Nathan Collins. What we're all saying is we're going to have to redo Kildare's Mount Rushmore because <laughs> he could be the greatest ever. See, I think I think in 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 lads who play football, they're not if they're from sort of near Dublin, um, they're they don't like it, it. They don't go down the Gaelic games lines of I'm from me, the I'm from Kildare, like. We didn't talk about Evan Ferguson, who um, I saw some of the 21s, but he did very well in bits of the games. Like, I mean, we should be talking about him potentially, what he could be. Like he's well, Evan Ferguson, though, is Evan, again with um, overhyping players. Like, mm. Evan Ferguson, everyone says, is the real deal. But the problem Evan Ferguson has, he has to prove is it. that he's at Brighton. Mm. And 
you know, Brighton uh, have traditionally had problems scoring goals. They answered some of them last year. But do they look to a teenager to solve them? Or do they go and spend 25 million on a striker? And suddenly, from being one of the substitutes, you start missing out in a few squads and you end up going another year without playing too much first-team football. Maybe they let him go on loan. Yet the potential is there with so many of these guys. Small the bone as well, Nathan. Nathan. Is he's there. Yeah, like small, Again, small bone sm- sitting sm- on the bench in Southampton. He's small bone as well. Like I think if if you take a slightly longer term view on this, as opposed to oh, how do we do in the last ninety minutes, which everyone seems to be so obsessed about in this country. Like taking a long term view, we only need like some of these players to really hit the heights, and we could be in a great place. Where like we're watching an Ireland team where. Like we're going to score goals, or we're going to be really exciting, and we're not going to be playing on the back foot. And uh, as as well as that, like in fairness, Nathan, we we finished the game quite strongly last night. Oh, that uh, that was uh, one of the main takeaways that Ireland were pushing and pushing. Yeah, they nearly got done on the counter attack, and there'd be massive accusations of naivety if they had conceded late on. But Ireland was a better team in the last fifteen minutes of that game. Uh, I thought Jeff Hendrick played really well when he came on and added a bit more of an impetus to try and get Ireland on the front foot. And it's just to get one or two of those attacking players to make an impact. It's probably one of the disappointments over the four games that the players who came on to replace the front three in the four games never really were that threatening. But it, like this wasn't, there's ways of drawing a game. And listen, John Giles will be on tomorrow night. And, you know, he, I'm sure he'll say you take each game as its merits. And maybe actually last night when you go one nil up was a massive missed opportunity to win a huge game away from home by just one silly moment of switching off at the start of the second half. But I think we've all sat through dozens and dozens of Irish 1-1 draws away from home. And there's a way of drawing 1-1. And quite often, it's a we're smash and grab, hanging on for dear life at the end, and just thankful that we got out of dodge with a point. You know, Last night, I think we can genuinely be disappointed that we didn't win that game. And with a lot of, lot of young players on the pitch and an awful lot of options right now and you know some good headaches for Stephen Kenny that he needs to start getting right now these headaches and get his selection right where they go to Scotland for the next game in September that we're not going at the end Ooh, well, actually should it have been Michael Obafemi should it have been Shadozi Ogbena and I'm not sure what they are because right now I, I, I think trying to select what your first 11 is is you know it's a difficult enough job very hard are, are you at least starting with Colin uh, Malumbi and Knight at the moment like you met, you you complimented uh, Jeff Hendrick just now yeah I think uh, and again there's I think it's about the way the Premier League season is starting at the league season is starting the international window is late September so there's actually going to be maybe eight nine ten games for some of these players before the international window uh, for them to get a bit of a run and, and what Johnny was talking about there and like, I think most teams are in the same at the end of the season where some players have played lots some players haven't played very much at all and suddenly you have to play four games in a row you know things will change quickly in terms of does Jeff Hendrick actually get a run of games and come into it in flying form and is Jason Malumbi going to be in the West Brom team so Stephen Kenny needs to take account of that but I think yeah right now right now Kelleher probably keeps his place in goals you're looking at a back three potentially of Coleman Collins Egan Doherty definitely comes in on the right uh, McLean on the left as you said the midfield three of uh, Cullen, Malumbi, Knight, and then probably right now it's hard to see how you don't go with a front two of Troy Parrott and Michael Obafemi. And it's, like Chidozi Ogbene, bizarrely, has probably been one of the big losers of yeah. of this Just of this run of fixtures. A couple, a couple of things there. Would you you're saying if Bazuna comes back, Keller will start will still start? I think Kelleher uh, deserves to start, particularly after the performance last night. There was one moment, and they, they never showed it on the highlights. And a ball was played back to him early in the first half, and it was pinged mm, through yeah. the air. Mm. And if the, 
and he, and he just controls it with the underside of his foot. Yeah. Yeah. Under his foot Remember that? That happened twice, like, twice in the first yeah. five minutes. They the was it was a test. I, 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 I think Bazuna though. I think we're, we're, yeah, we're, Bazuna is Bazuna's potentially, definitely potentially in the same Nathan Collins, completely overhyping mode uh, on a Wednesday morning, a Thursday morning. But Bazuna's a better keeper than Kelleher. And what, uh, why, why do you think I think, why I think Zuna's, Kelleher, Zuna's Kelleher be, like, well I'd be. like to hear it though why do you think yeah, I, I, I think Kelleher I think Kelleher should have saved the, the goal against Ukraine to be honest I think Bazuna just saves that um, Bazuna's save um, in the Luxembourg game away like Bazuna looks basically already almost going to be top class I'm, I'm just, I, I, I think he's a better keeper than Kelleher and this is a great problem to have Kelleher on the ball is so good but I'd start Bazuna anyway um, I also think that Ogbené and Robinson they're Lack of quality at times just being found out in good games, and I think we'll be looking at Obafemi going forward. That's my take. Well, Ukraine at home was, I think, was particularly damaging to Ogbené, where there was two, three occasions where he got the ball on the halfway line, and Ukraine were retreating, and you expected them either to put the head down and really charge at these guys, or there was an option of picking out a pass in behind, and he just didn't have it. He doesn't have it. I just think he doesn't have it. There's also a mitigating factor here in these being end of season games. Like you can't just dismiss the mid season quality of these players because in June they look uh, especially when you talk about running out of defence they don't look like they can run out of defence the same way as they could back in December I think that's a huge mitigating look, look factor look at Callum, Ro- Callum Robinson's club career like he's clearly plateaued in terms of where he's at and like I think maybe that's different to Ogbené yeah so Ogbené has obviously been playing League 1 got promoted um, and he's still something of a of a blank canvas but I think there are moments where you can just tell that he he needs to up his game to, to stay in this team whereas like Sorry, the Obafemi quality for that pass. I never see Ogbeni doing that. Like, I never see him even doing anything. Maybe I'm being harsh, but like, these are decisions, good decisions for Kenny to make. Well, the, like the key thing, and you bring it up there, Nathan, is that it's hard to see how it doesn't become Obafemi and Parrish up front. Like, that's as much to do with the combination we saw on Saturday as opposed to the individual well, qualities of the two players. I know it's one game, but like, I, and I agree with you actually on, on what you said earlier about Parrot and his movement last night, which I thought was really good. But it still felt that not having Obafemi beside him last night probably diminished his own capabilities as well? Well, he, he needs to know exactly, I think, where his strike partner is going to be. And Scott Hogan didn't have a good night, and you could tell by the look in his face when he walked off mm. that he probably thought, you know, that's, I think, his 11th cap, and he still hasn't got a goal. He should have had one on Saturday, but he you know, still hasn't really taken his opportunity. So if Obafemi is back and he's fit, and he just needs a good run of games for Ireland, for his club, where he's always available... Yeah, right now it is an option. But like, the challenge for Stephen Kenny is to make sure he picks the right team at the right time. So if Callum Robinson is back in and he looks at Callum Robinson in training, and maybe Callum Robinson gets a move during the summer and since she's actually, you know, there's a lot of things we're seeing here that Callum Robinson had uh, when he was in his peak run of form and he was scoring goals. Like maybe Callum Robinson does deserve to come back in. But right now, right. you know, I think if you're looking at mistakes over the four games, like picking Robinson uh, at home against Ukraine was definitely one of them because, you know, he didn't look, he didn't look at it at all over in Yerevan and then to stick with him where you know, he's definitely a yard or two off the pace, like even for the penalty, which I'm not sure was a penalty uh, appeal. Like, I, I, when that ball was played through, and uh, maybe I'm a bit harsh about it because he did play that ball through and Robinson didn't quite look ready. Uh, I expected Robinson to just zip clear of the centre half to so suddenly have mm-hmm. a couple of yards on them, but he didn't. He didn't quite anticipate the pass, didn't have that little bit of pace and you know, we've seen a few of those performances from Robinson. So the balance and like that's the job of, of good management is knowing which of these players are 100 percent right at that moment and making sure you can get them into your team. So like, it's easy in hindsight. I don't think anyone said that 
you know, Michael Obafemi and Troy Parrott should be a front two against uh, Armenia away. Everyone felt that we're incredibly excited about Ogbena and Robinson. And now we're sort of feeling that these guys have, have kind of moved out of the picture. It, it may not be that be that way, particularly with injuries. You well, still don't need these guys over the next few years. And that, that's probably something that we need to kind of maybe look deeper into as well, is that Stephen Kenny can't possibly know his starting eleven right now. And that means that this team is nowhere near the finished article. And yes, there are loads of exciting moments from last night. The Nathan Collins thing in particular is, is something that's very, very reasonable to get very, very excited about. But it does feel that there are still a lot of questions around certain areas of this team. And it's the old cliche of a, a manager doesn't know his best starting eleven. That for me is like a, a big reason why we can expect this thing to take a little bit longer in terms of finding an end product here. Yeah, but I think like the the result against Armenia has put them on the back foot more than they would like after these four games. Yes, we're ending on a definite high and a real sense of positivity again. But they can't keep having these step back, setbacks. Mm. They they need to put together a run of results at the end of this Nations League, uh, heading and start well in the European qualifiers. Because international football is always small bursts. And I understand that people feel there's a massive overreaction one way or another, depending if we win or if we lose. But like, that's every team. Like Look at Scotland. Look at the fallout that was there for Scotland after Saturday because they lost one match. You know, they'd lost one in ten before that. Look at England right now after losing last night. Like we don't we don't see a lot of international football. So when they come in these bursts over a couple of weeks, it is bloody intense. And if things don't go well, there is going to be question marks around every part of it. So I think the blooding in period is is probably done. Most of these players are well into double figures in terms of caps now. And you probably never settle on a definite starting eleven because of injuries, but I think we're getting to a stage where we need to start knowing. I think we're at a stage where we need to know that it's Malumbi, uh, Cullen and Knight and go with that for three or four games. Unless Jeff Hendrick comes in and is in the form of his life and just has to get in that team. A lot of love for Cullen in the comments this morning, actually. He's he's 60 games this season, I think. Yeah, that's what you need. You see, like like the starting 11 that Nathan named there, his ideal one, is pretty good. Like, And you're you're leaving out the likes of Amabadele and Ida and Duffy. And you, the list could go on. Like it's really only left wing back that we're kind of uncertain of at the moment. So it's great, but it like transfers play such a big part. Like you know, you're a call for Bazuno. I mean, that could really happen by October time when we play the autumn round the fixtures because presumably Bazuno is going to be Southampton's first choice goalkeeper. Keller, no, not necessarily. If, like the Alex McCarthy is still at Southampton. And, mm. uh, certainly, right now, uh, the expectation is McCarthy will stay as number one at the start of next season. But maybe Bazuno is just so goddamn good in preseason that they decide to give him a go. And I know, um, you know a lot of people aren't fully convinced by Alex McCarthy, but again, he may not. And you're right, like that's the big question about the goalkeeping position. Creeping Keller says he's going to have a conversation. I don't really get the sense from Creeping Keller. He wants to leave Liverpool. It's you a know, tough I one. think a, a, another tough year one. at Liverpool and see how it plays out. Uh, and then Mark Travers, if he's in goals every single week for Bournemouth, now it doesn't look as though he's going to go back to Travers. Uh, but if Bazuna if doesn't play any football between now and then, like it's, I just think what Kelleher can do with the ball at his feet uh, been able yeah. to kick off both feet. I, I don't think it's that clear cut that Bazunu is ahead of Kelleher right now. No, it's a fair point that he uh, he's not necessarily going to definitely start for Southampton. That's fair. But if he does, um, if he breaks into team, Keller he's, like Keller has a decision to make. But the thing is, seeing in. Kelleher in that penalty shootout against Chelsea in the League Cup final mm. was so exciting. And I say that from a Manchester United fan because you don't see Irish players play at the elite level of the game anymore. This is we're going back ten, twenty years. So it's brilliant to see a player like that. So he has a real conundrum because. He's a second-choice keeper at one of 
the best clubs in the world, the best clubs we've seen in the last decade, that team, and the manager, one of the greatest managers that we've seen in the modern era, loves him. Mm. So he has a serious decision to make. Mm. Yeah, that's well, it. So Kenny. Um, we mentioned just Jason Knight as well. Like I know he kind of he faded in the second half, um, but like you can just see moments from him where he's such a clever yeah, footballer. Cut and above. Again, it's these young players that like I know the midfield sort of three as it is now or whatever it's not that easy to say who plays alongside Cullen and you know um, Brown is playing out of position sort of wing back even though he's some good qualities going forward but like we have a lot of squad depth that we don't seem to have had for a long long time and that's what's really encouraging even Joel Bagan might come in into the left back situation as well down the line because I think that that will clarify itself in the next few years where McLean is getting on Stevens is probably a bit vulnerable and a, a long term solution there is probably re- required over Hagen's the next a good player, like. um, uh, plenty of mixed reaction uh, in the comments uh, Paul Mallon says it's a bit silly uh, telling people to stop overreacting to a loss when the opening of this show was a massive overreaction to a one-all draw <laughs> I support Kenny with the coverage here to do with some balance probably a fair point uh, James McCullough says hi Owen last week I ma- messaged OTBAM I was still behind Kenny and that our boys would silence the doubters I hope these last few performances have gone a long way to doing that and then finally Kenny the dad says we are still not good enough our game plan works against better teams and the same cannot be said against poorer sides and that's not a dig at Kenny he is dealing with a lack of resources compared to previous managers I do think the comparative performances between uh, you know uh, uh, opponents of a higher quality versus uh, a more mediocre quality is like we a, a beat Luxembourg and Azerbaijan very comfortably though in, you know? in the end we did and I the, guess the Armenia yeah. game like, I'm, I know we didn't and Scotland obviously got four there but like I think I think again that was slightly overplayed yeah. I think we got very tired in the heat yeah. and it is what it is and they're not, right. they're not no, the first half performance wasn't shocking yeah. against Armenia you sort of expected when we were on commentary that day you expected Ireland to score in the first 10 minutes of the second half and they'll win this 2-0 mm. and everyone will just move on with their lives mm. uh, but but they're also in that first half was nowhere near the energy levels and the intensity to the performance that there was yeah. last night and maybe that was to do with the heat maybe it was to do with the tactics that meant they didn't have the same amount of numbers in midfield but they, we sort of often look down our nose I think at the sort of put them under pressure idea but like that has to be rule one for this Ireland team yeah. is play like the very best teams do. Don't give the opposition time in the ball. And when you win it back, like that's that is the big difference here. Is that when they win it back, they just keep hold of possession. And there's definitely last night. Like, the big difference between last night and Ukraine and the second half in Armenia is that you can say that is radically different to what Ireland were doing three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Whereas I felt second half in Armenia and the whole match against Ukraine. That could have been a Martin O'Neill team, a Mick McCarthy team, a Giovanni Trapattoni team. There was no real pattern to it. But the last two games were back to what we saw uh, in the springtime and at the end of last year. Oh, and I thought that was a very balanced uh, assessment of the of the whole thing. We just happened to have the best centre-half in the world. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> best player who's ever bring, played the game ever, ever, ever. Uh, we bring uh, the, the cool-headed Nathan Murphy on. To well, just it's funny. I, was, um, I mentioned I went to the Etihad and um, after the match, I was there with the kids and they obviously wanted to go and hang around after the secret they meet. Uh, Phil Foden or one of the uh, Manchester City players to get a photo and they have a little tunnel a secret tunnel that the players can escape through. So the, uh, we were just standing there. Next thing I noticed, a uh, Burnley player come out. I was like, oh, that is Nathan Collins. And the, the, you can tell the kids are a bit like, yeah, Burnley player, Burnley player. My brother's like, no, no, go over, go over and get that photo with him. And I think it might well have been the first time uh, Nathan Collins had ever been asked for a photo- <laughs> photograph uh, by fans. And uh, he was, geez, he was just the loveliest lad. He yeah. stood and he uh, spoke with them for about 10 minutes. And uh, now, 
now last night they were like show me the photo show me the photo <laughs> sorry what was the photo uh, them taking a picture of them you and Nathan, Nathan Collins. <laughs> yeah 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 as I said I'm just uh, my biggest concern is uh, first they had to deal with the emergence of Nathan Carter and now Nathan <laughs> Collins I'm like Nathan Murphy I'm great name and I've yeah, just been too. well reduced uh, uh, sure Nathan good stuff Nathan. thanks a million OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.